more than money. You've got Gene Dickinson, your host. You've got Alyssa Young, your host. You've got multiple hosts. We are <laughs> multi-dimensional, multi-hosting. Good morning. It is uh, multi-cloudy out there. It's multi-gray and drizzly and raw. It's chilly out. I think we say that every Saturday, yeah. and I'm tired of it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, looking forward to the day where, hey, it's... Um, 8.05, and it's already 83 degrees out there. I will be very happy. And if uh, you're going to be teeing it up today, uh, welcome to More Than Money. If you are a loyal listener, you know exactly how this works. We kind of get off of the dime and give you some perspective on some things that have happened uh, this week and what we expect to happen next week and um, kick into questions give you as much information as we can for the next couple of hours. And we invite you to be part of that entire experience. You are the priority of our show. I'm going to give you three different ways. Look at you. Aww. It's like we think, oh my we gosh. We are in sync. We are in sync, which. And is, not the boy band. And, and not the kitchen sink because there's dishes everywhere. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, if you have information that you would like uh, uh, to discuss, if you have questions that you would like to have answers, if you have observations that you would like uh, to have us give you feedback on, ah, you're in exactly the right spot. Uh, you can reach us uh, most uh, traditionally by phone, 610-720-7900, 610-720-7900. You may email us. That works very well indeed. Alyssa, A-L-Y-S-S-A, at askmtm.com, A-L-Y-S-S-A at askmtm.com, and Gene, G-E-N-E, at askmtm.com as well. And, of course, if you are so inclined and you would like to access our show via the Internet, all you need to do is go to our website, morethanmoneyonline.com, morethanmoneyonline.com online.com and hit the listen live button appears magically every Saturday morning around eight Oh five and then disappears around 10 o'clock because we're no longer live. We're alive, but we're no longer live broadcasting <laughs> live. So welcome. Um, other than yuck weather, good week. Not for the markets. <clears throat> Otherwise, yes. <laughs> we were doing so well. Yeah. And then fell off the cliff. Sure did. Um, Roberts announces from the Fed we're likely to have a major hike. When instead of a quarter point, it's likely to be a half a point, and the market loses its mind as if no one expected. Mm. Yeah, kind of goof. Mm -hmm. All right, so we put the markets aside. Good week otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, we had lots of wonderful people in the office this week. We did. It was also a little calmer because... The tax filing deadline had passed, um, and we celebrated as a team um, with a lunch. So just say, yay, we survived a hectic tax season. So that, that was, was nice. Mm -hmm. That was fun. Yeah. Then at uh, Bethlehem Brew Works. That's right. Um, gosh, I don't know the young lady's name who was our waitress, but she was very patient with us. <laughs> there it's was, hard when you have a large group. Ah, uh, there's a lot of us, and, um, and we're all pretty much whacked. 
Oh, pretty much. She's like, I have a table full of wackos. Uh, and yet she was fantastic. The food was great. And uh, actually, um, I had still leftovers last night. Oh, wow. Oh, really incredible. Not so, me. You know me. Clean plate club. Uh, <laughs> and, and as all of you who know Alyssa know, she can afford to be on the clean plate club. Gene uh, is in the clean your plate into the trash can club just eat what you're supposed to and throw the rest away just um which is uh, it's it's producing results that's awesome yeah every, we're um getting healthier every every day every week as, as an office we really yes, are i'm really uh, there's a number of us that have uh, kind of made a commitment to uh to uh lean up a little bit and uh Alyssa's made a commitment to bulk up a little bit, so we're going to meet in the middle. Have I? <laughs> I don't remember no, that. Right. Well, it's, it's in your contract. I'm anyway. just helping manage the um, weight loss. You're like the coach. You're like, I the, am. Uh, the, I like that, yeah. the health coach. That's right. It's awesome. Yeah. And it is awesome. I had some clients in yesterday, though, who were a bad influence on us health-wise. Yeah, two oh two little girls eating ice cream. Oh products. my! <laughs> <laughs> I came into um, a, a meeting with new clients who came in to sign some paperwork and opened the door, and there's two little girls munching on ice cream cones. And I said, oh, "Where is my ice cream cone?" Oh. So they had stopped at the spot, the ice cream shop on the corner, right right across the street from our office. Um, because they came to the office straight from getting off the school bus, and mom and dad knew they would say, I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. So they were content because they were eating ice cream, and I was jealous. <laughs> well, the, the spot was still open yeah, when they, you went home. They told me that I should. I, I said mm-hmm. I had to go home and make dinner, and they said, I think you should get ice cream first. And I said, ice cream for dinner? And they said, yes, and cookies for lunch and donuts for breakfast. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they are a bad influence. Yes, they yep. really are. Well, it would accomplish my bulking up goals. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. Gene at askmtm dot com. Alyssa at askmtm dot com. Uh, More than money online dot com. I think I covered all the bases. Yeah. Um, how's the puppy? Uh he is a piece of work. Um, I keep telling people having a puppy is like. Having a toddler, but it doesn't wear a diaper, <laughs> so we have to be we have to be very vigilant. Obviously, trying to house train him and stuff. But he's um, when he's sleepy, he's very sweet. He's always very cute, but he can also be kind of demonic. You know, <laughs> when he, when puppies want to play and they have their sharp little teeth and he makes gremlin noises, um, it, it can be a little much. But we're um, we're enjoying him. Thanks. Gremlin noise. Yeah, he does. He has this little growly, like he tries to be intimidating, you know, noise that he well, makes. He's a huge 10 pound <laughs> ball, fuzzball. Fuzzball. <laughs> ball of fluff. It's a yeah. beautiful thing. Yeah, he's he's fun. But uh, my daughter is doing an awesome job taking care of him and being responsible for him. And um, she's very helpful. And I hope that she will be rewarded with a very loyal and loving friend mm. when he learns how to reciprocate. <laughs> and, and, and not bite. Yes. Um, do I understand right that that literally she and, and dad were driving by the station when we announced that they were on their way to pick up the puppy? That's right. Yes. Wow. Yes. She said, there they are. It was, yeah. They, um, they were listening and driving by on their way to pick up Murphy. So she had to look way up 
because we're on the top of the 67-story tower. That's really, really good. (laughs) 610-720-7900. Obviously, lots going on in the world, lots going on in Washington. And the House, it's not a done deal yet. Right. But the House has passed some proposed changes in the SECURE Act, so SECURE Act 2.0. Did you want to talk about those first? Do you want to hang on to that topic? What What is your call this morning? We can talk about it now. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, go right ahead. Yeah. Right so ahead. this still needs to be, the Senate still needs to vote on this. But um, the SECURE Act 2, SECURE Act stands for setting, this is actually bad grammar, setting every community up for retirement enhancement. That's so pathetic. Um <laughs> Politicians. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, they didn't get that edited. Um, but it has, there's some changes that are proposed here. And um, my article here is actually from March 30th. So I hope that this is still accurate. But I can just touch on the kinds of things it would address without getting into the specifics since it's not finalized. Um, but it talks about um, setting up defined contribution plans. Employers would um, re- be required to automatically enroll new hires into a defined contribution plan to encourage people to start saving rather than electing to start your 401k or 403. Okay, now before you get too far along, yeah, defined contribution is not a phrase most people are familiar with. No. What should they hear when you say divine contribution? Um, that's uh, wh- when you set aside an amount of your paycheck and into a typical plan that they would be involved a in 401k Perfect. or a 403b. Yeah. Um, so that would be automatic enrollment to encourage people to get started and they'd automatically be into it. Um, How do you feel about that? Do you feel like uh, that's a good thing, bad thing? I think as long as people are educated about it and, and clearly informed, I think it's a good thing. Um it might be a little intrusive, I suppose, but it's for a good reason. Um, yeah, it, it it is one of those good news, bad news things. The government one more time kind of telling you what you have to do, mm-hmm. which is stinky, mm-hmm. um, in spite of the fact that I think you and I would agree that for virtually everybody, it's a really good idea. Yes. And unlike the mask mandates and all the other Fauci-created crap that has been propagated by this um, PR-hungry, look-at-me, look-at-me, egocentric sociopath, um, this allows for opting out. So it is not mandatory that you participate in a 401k. It is mandatory that your employer... When you sign on, offer the plan to you and enroll you. You can unenroll yourself in a blink. Right. So as long as you understand that, mm. then I, th- I think. And it's you're right. Education. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I mean, let's be honest. Not all companies, corporations are good at communication. So that would be my concern, um, especially when you're starting a new job. You kind of get inundated with a lot of stuff. It's a little overwhelming. So I think that really just needs to be clear, clearly communicated. So that would be my one concern about that. It's a real concern. Um, Also, the SECURE Act increases um, catch-up contributions to retirement plans so that when you're over 50 years old, you can contribute more, um, even more now than you can. Um, 
or did I say that correctly? You'll be able to contribute even more than you can now <laughs> to catch up to, you know, to kind of accelerate your um, contribution. So, like, for example, um, on a 401k, your catch-up contribution when you're over 50 is $6,500. So that's like your additional amount, but they want to increase it to $10,000. So uh, I think that's a good thing. If you have the capacity to save more and you want to do that, you'll be able to save more. Um I think that also applies to IRAs and Roths. Right now, it's $1,000 would be the additional amount you can add per year if you're over 50. Um, the SECURE Act is going to increase that, I think. This article is not making it very clear on how much. It, yeah, it's because it's not very clear. It's uh, the proposal increases the catch-up on IRAs by an inflationary yeah. index that, so we don't have a dollar amount yet. It's just some sort of okay. bogus. Okay. So yeah. that'll be uh, important for us as financial advisors to know what that amount will mean for people so we can guide you there. Indeed. Um, it'll allow employers to make matching contributions into Roth accounts in your 401k plan. Right now, if you save in a 401k plan, your employer match or your employer contributions can't go into a Roth which is the pre the uh, after tax account where your money will grow tax free, um, but this will allow them to start contributing to that section as well. So that's um, that's nice, I think, because uh -huh. Roths give you a, a lot of nice advantages. Um, and this is a big one: delaying required minimum distribution. It's a big one. Yeah. So right now, once you're seventy-two, you are required to take a minimum amount out of IRAs, four hundred one ks. Four three Bs, um, the Secure Act 2.0 would increase the age when you start them. So, um, in 2023, next year you would be able to wait till you're 73. In 2030, you'd be able to wait till you're 74. In 2033, you'd be wait, you could wait till you're 75. So again, none of this is final, final approved, but that this is the um, you know they, these are the current provisions that the House passed. And there's some other stuff too. There's, Did I miss there's, any that were a big? There's another one that I think is is pretty important, particularly okay. for folks who have been challenged in terms of savings. According to the House bill that was passed, sent on to the Senate, there would be no RMDs for individuals whose IRAs and in, employer oh, yeah. plan balances are at a hundred grand or under. Yeah. So if you have a relatively smaller IRA, you are not forced to take uh, RMDs out. So that would be kind of a, an, an interesting uh, planning opportunity. Of course, um, the other side of that coin would be folks who have saved a modest amount may need to take dollars. So we keep in mind required minimum distributions are exactly that. Minimums, mm -hmm. they are not restrictions. So if you have 80000 saved and you need to take 10000 out, you it's take 10000 out. It's yeah. your money. Yeah. So that's, a, uh, that's an important issue there as well. Um, qualified charitable distributions are mm. being increased. Yes. From 100 to 130, hopefully. So we'll see that. I think that covers most of them. Yeah. So well some stuff that gives you more um, saving opportunity. Uh, you know, some of it is um, most of it, I guess, should be should be good for you. And then it'll be our job to help you learn and know those rules and how they apply 
to you and your accounts. That is our job. Yep. Uh, 610-720-7900. Gene at AskMTM.com. Alyssa at AskMTM.com. We have an uh, emailer, young lady, who asks, at what point do lower-income senior citizens not have to file income tax returns anymore? My 92-year-old mother is at home, still files, although she owes nothing. She gets some kind of property rebate. My friend's uh, 90-year-old parents were told they no longer have to file taxes, but they live in an independent living facility. Is that what makes the difference? Uh, Income is probably about the same. Any opinions? It's my understanding that you should always file a tax return even just to protect yourself from, like, identity theft and things like that. Is that right? Uh, I would agree with that 100%. I don't know what our tax department's position is on that. Um, But, yes, I think if you're filing a tax return, that's a prophylactic action that you're taking to protect against someone else filing on your behalf. Yes, you're right. My vocabulary is off the You know the what? Charts. This whole week, every day, he's just been dropping these like five-syllable words. and This then... is a guy that knows the English language. Yeah, it's impressive. And how to use it. <laughs> and and when not to use it. And, oh, by the way, he yes, he knows all the adult language, too. <laughs> and pretty, pretty good at using that, too. So, yeah. Hey, it's all about being appropriate. It's, it's all about appropriateness. Um, yes, there and there are there are uh, senior citizen rebate programs, most of which I am not familiar with. Um, but whether it's a real estate tax uh, rebate or whether it's a uh, a tax credit or uh, some other advantage, those of course uh, w- would um, uh, require that you still participate in filing the return. But um, in my opinion, protecting against identity theft is probably one of the most important reasons that you would do it. For most folks, especially somebody who's 92 years old and doesn't pay um, tax anyway, filling out the form is an hour or two. Or if less, that, yeah, or yeah. less. It's probably pretty quick. So, so I think it's it's a wise thing for you to do. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. Gene at askmtm.com. More than money online.com. Are you ready? Sure. Uh, male, female, not sure. Uh, just as a friend, uh, my best friend recently turned sixty-five. Took her social security benefits. She's now having regrets. Things have changed rather dramatically for her, and she would like to return to the workforce. Uh, Two questions. Can she stop receiving benefits and return without penalty? Will her monthly benefit increase if she works for two or three more years, or will monthly benefits remain what was first offered to her at 65? Thanks for helping with questions. You folks help an awful lot of people. Very nice. Isn't that wonderful? That's what we like to do. Indeed. Um, yes. So your friend started social security benefits and then said, Oh, I probably shouldn't have done that. I'm going back to work. Yep. Yes. She can withdraw her application for social security. So that will stop the benefit from coming. She probably will need to pay back what she collected if she wants her benefit to then continue to grow until she restarts it. 
if it's too much money to pay back, um, you don't have to do it that way. I believe your future benefits can be adjusted or something like that. There are some there's some options there, um, but you can pause it essentially. But it's called a withdrawal, and then resume it later. And yes, the benefit will be higher when she starts it back up again. Okay, uh, there's one really important piece of information that she needs to know. Okay. She needs to do this within 12 months of starting her benefits. Yes. There was a time mm, now many years ago, six, seven, eight years ago at least, where you could have been collecting for 10 years and changed your mind. Wow. And you just wrote a big check, sent all the money back, and it was a do-over. And now the do-over is limited to 12 months. So uh, if this young lady's friend is so inclined, it is not something that she should kind of hang out and consider and maybe I'll think about it. And then she gets back to work and things get busy. And uh, I forgot. Yeah, I forgot means that you're now locked in. Mm -hmm. Uh, And paying uh, back what she's received, hopefully, it's just a few months. Yeah. Make it pretty easy. And, um, and, and then, yeah, she's got to do over and with any luck at all. Now, uh, in terms of will her benefits increase, the answer is it depends. My friend, Mark Basak, mm-hmm. who's also our um, Social Security and Medicare expert partner. Mm-hmm. Specialist. Uh, specialist indeed. Uh, he's got a little bit of background. Just a yeah, 20, 30, 40 years worth. Actually, his wife has more experience than he does, but well, it's, not, it's, it's not a nitpick. Um, has uh, guided us to the understanding that um, your benefits are based on your highest 40 quarters. Mm, 35 years. 35 years. Ah. Even better. Sorry. 35 years. So if her earnings in this next year or two or however long she decides to continue to work are high enough to replace one of the lower years. Yeah. It'll also increase just by delaying the growth that it that it autopilot. Yes. yes. Autopilot. So she's 65. So if she delays until normal retirement age, it goes up how much per year? Um, 6%. 6%. Well done. And if she decides to work beyond normal retirement age until uh, maximum Social Security Mm -hmm. 70, it goes up how much? 8%. 8%. So it is one of those wonderful people right now are desperately looking for guarantees we are looking for guarantees. And can we get a decent rate of return? And, oh, inflation's really high. Well, I hear all of that. Um, a Social Security benefit is a lifetime annuity payout. And uh, under the circumstances as they currently exist, you're going to get a guaranteed growth rate of either 6 or 8% per year yep. and cost of living adjustments as calculated by the morons in the federal government. Mm-hmm. But uh, all of those things could be fabulously positive for her long-term retirement. Yeah. 
Um, the one other thing to add Please. is that to withdraw your Social Security benefit within 12 months of starting it, there's a form you need to fill out and submit to your local Social Security office. It is form SSA 521. Nice. You are a Google Meister. Uh, that was in my email. That You are an email meister. <laughs> you are a Google email meister. That's, that I, sounds I, offensive. No, I, just kidding. Well, it <laughs> does sound like something that antibiotics should probably be used. <laughs> 610-720-7900. Alyssa at askmtm.com. Gene at askmtm.com. Morethanmoneyonline.com. I need to apologize to... Uh, all the folks out there who take me far too literally uh, two weeks ago at the start of the baseball season, I came on air. The Yankees had won their first game. The Phillies had won their first game. I announced that it was clear that everyone could see that it would be the Yankees and the Phillies in the World Series. And the emails I got <laughs> pillaring me, just taking me to task. Um, it, Keep them coming. It was, it was, that was hurtful. Uh, uh, fun, but hurtful. Are you kidding me? All, all the ones where people lose their... Uh, those are the best. Yeah. Those are the best. I mean, I love helping people who send me really nice and respectful emails, but the ones who think that they've got one over on us. It's fantastic. <laughs> That's the voice of an angel saying we got to take our first break. 610. 720-7900 Alyssa at AskMTM.com Gene at AskMTM.com Froggy voice and all We'll be back right after this on More Than Money Welcome back to More Than Money. You've got Gene Dickinson. You have Alyssa Young. You have the opportunity to have your questions asked and answered. If you're joining us for the first time, we talk about lots of different financial topics. Investments, of course, retirement, income taxes, Roth IRAs, Roth 401ks. Uh, we talk about estate planning, wills and trusts, and powers of attorney and medical directives. We talk about uh, businesses, how to start a business, how to perhaps uh, buy a franchise or run your business more profitably or liquidate your business or create a legacy with your business. And that's uh, something we've talked about on air here a number of times. I'll circle back to that here in a moment. But if you have questions about any of those things or all of those things, uh, we welcome your calls this morning at 610-720-7900. And, of course, Alyssa at AskMTM.com. That email works very, very well. And Gene at AskMTM.com as well. So uh, please join us. We invite you. Now, I mentioned quickly that I would circle back to succession. One of the things that a lot of our um, newer clients or, or certainly folks that we are talking to for the first time or two a lot of their concerns uh, fall into two categories about their existing financial advisors. And a lot of folks would be uh, quick to say, well, sure, yeah, their, their investments are not doing very well. They're not making them enough money. That is uh, almost never 
the issue. It is almost never the concern that, hey, I, I wanted to make 11%. They only made me 10 and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, when we have folks who walk through the door and that is their concern that, uh, hey, I should have made 11, I made 10 and a half. Yeah, we generally don't accept them as clients because they don't fit us very well for any number of reasons, including, let me think, unrealistic expectations, egocentric uh, sociopath issues, uh, the fact that you don't want to hang out with those kind of people, that kind of stuff. No, the two uh, reasons, uh, most common reasons uh, that folks give for being concerned about their existing financial advisors, number one, they don't return their phone calls. How weird is that? (laughs) I couldn't like live with myself if I didn't get back to my clients. Simple. Pick up the phone call. Email. Simple. Return your email. Uh, It's a, but it's fascinating. Um, And um, gosh, I've only been doing this for 780 years. So it's a relatively short period of time Mm -hmm. and a relatively small sample. Just getting started. (laughs) Please. Um, Bottom line is it is none of those things. Um, It is a very large sample. And the reality is that um, lots of financial advisors are apparently really poor communicators, even to the extent, and this may not seem like it falls into the same category, but it does. How many advisors or how many clients do you talk to that they report their advisors? Um, well, they, they talk to us on an annual basis. Yeah. Although it's all common. Very common. And for some reason, financial advisors who do that seem to think that's perfectly uh, appropriate and, and more than enough. And I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Mm-mm. So that's number one is uh, from, from an issue of concern is uh, they don't return my calls. The second issue of concern, pretty common, getting much, much more common in recent years, uh, dealing with financial advisors who work alone. Mm. They are solo practitioners. Mm. Another thing I can't imagine. Uh, um, And if God decides that today's the day, uh, how do they get their files? And who's going to help? And who do they call? And there's not even a backup. There's not a emergency number. There's not, as opposed to, and and we'll we'll pick on ourselves for a second. Um, there was a time 14 years ago uh, where it was uh, three of us, and now it's 17 of us. And uh, gosh, if uh, the conversations we've been having the last couple of days bear fruit, it might be 19 of us <laughs> before uh, too very long. Uh, having um, incredibly good health, as I do, mm-hmm. verifiable. That's right. Uh, doesn't preclude the fact that a bus could take me out in a blink. Mm. A bus could take out the youngest member of our team in a blink. Mm-hmm. So having uh, backup systems, having um, backup advisors, having uh, redundancies built in, having repetition built in and repeating processes and, and having the same things see, being done see over. He, see what he did there. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> um, having folks who could step in, I, I, I pray that I am on air with you for the next 25 or 30 years. If uh, Thursday is my day, 
And next Saturday you come on, I'm my audience is in good hands. And if the following Monday one of my clients needs assistance and they reach the office and they talk to Greg Grillo, our clients are in good hands. Yeah. And vice versa. So it's a pretty powerful um it and well, and for folks who have lots of nerves about those kinds of things of what would happen if yeah. it gives them a lot of peace of mind. Even beyond the backup plan, um, the teamwork that we use oh, that's true. just to function while we all are here. To I serve always, clients. I always yeah, I always tell clients and prospects like you're not just working with me flying solo um you know, it's a team. You get a team because we talk about our investment models as a team. We talk about cases and what's the best solution for our clients as a team. We bring stuff to each other to bounce ideas off, to ask questions. And so you get the power the of the team. team, even when we are all still here and able to serve you. Is that is that the same as the Hillary Clinton It Takes a Village? Is that the same? Yeah. Six one zero seven two zero. Oh, we lost them. Ah, what are you going to do? Uh, let's see. Mike has a comment. What? Something I may not like. Oh, excellent, uh, Mike. My apologies. You were holding on, and uh, and and then you weren't. So please call back. We 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 invite those kind of comments. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. Gene at askmtm dot com. Indeed, Mike. Yeah, we uh, would appreciate if you did call back. That would be uh, very kind of you. Um. All right. I've already announced that the World Series uh, predict prediction. I made the first game of the season. <clears throat> Probably not going to happen. Um, all right. Uh, yeah. I have an email um, from a regular listener who um, he has sent comments in the past about um, how he thinks it's immoral that there are different contribution limits for IRAs versus 401ks. Um, And yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. um, I don't know why. I don't. Do you know why that that would be immoral? No. Why are there differences in the contribution? limits? because originally retirement plans that were sponsored by employers uh, were paid for by employers. So employers in general, larger corporations in general, had deeper pockets. And the idea in the mid-70s, so 50 years ago when IRAs were invented, Mm -hmm. uh, was that the folks who would be using IRAs would be of more modest means, Mm. more minimum wage kind of people. The original contribution limit on the IRA was only 2000 bucks. Wow. Yeah, very, very small number. And it was an expectation that if you set it too high that people would just go, I'm not going to do it at all. So they set up a modest amount. And it has been obviously increased over time, not nearly enough. Yeah. Um, So... Uh, immoral. Right to your congressman. <sighs> or, or, or focus on something more positive. <laughs> the other um, point that this listener makes is about a new bill that would allow seniors to save for medical care in HSAs um, tax-free. 
Um, so it's 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 just a bill in Congress, but he says it needs to happen that you should be allowed to save for healthcare expenses throughout retirement. That would be um, an HSA. Right now, uh, you can use an existing HSA that you funded in the past, but you can't make new contributions um, to an HSA if you're a senior on Medicare. Um, and he's saying that he thinks that you should be allowed to, and some other people do too, obviously, because there is a bill that's being considered, and he's hopeful that it will pass. So we were just talking about the Secure Act 2.0, so I think that prompted yes, that. Prompted. Yep, yep. Uh, political stuff. Yeah, yeah. 610-720-7900. I'm disappointed. Mike didn't call back. You really wanted to hear that not I nice get, comment. Yeah, it gets scuffled up a little bit. That's mm. kind of fun. It's just, well, for some people. 610-720-7900. Alyssa at AskMTM.com. MoreThanMoneyOnline.com. Uh, ah, husband writes, good morning. I need help with a small amount of cash. $250,000. That's not a small amount of cash. <laughs> In what world is a small amount of cash? That is way better than a sharp stick in the eye. That is a lot of cash. Uh, my wife and I are both collecting Social Security. I have a pension. Should we pay off our $130,000 mortgage balance? Sure. Of course. Uh, oh, collecting Social Security. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I would say that we would want to know a little bit more. Is that cash flow enough for you? Do you have your regular expenses covered? Do you have... An, an emergency fund, you know, there's lots of it depends um, factors in there. It depends. Yeah, it depends. That's a catchy phrase. Uh, if you've got all of your other needs covered and this cash really is extra, I would say sure pay off that mortgage instead of paying interest on it. You can use your money to get rid of that um, payment so it improves your monthly cash flow, it gets rid of your you know, extra cost for interest. Um, so if those other things are true, but it requires a lot more um, information and analysis first. Uh, you are 100% correct. Of course, it depends on so many other factors. Um, if we read into this gentleman's very brief email <laughs> yes. Um, yes. that uh, Social Security and pension uh, covers their expenses than um, uh, and and then add to that um, the assumption that the money two fifty is in the bank earning zero point one, mm-hmm. uh, and let's pick a number and say their mortgage interest rate is three. Yep. Uh, by the way, we just what thirty year mortgages I think this week topped five percent eighteen months ago under a different presidential administration. They were 1.99. Been a while since and they were that high. The last one I saw, uh, last I think Thursday, was 5.35. Ouch. Yeah. That's going to drive a lot of people out of the real estate market. So for those of you who have been concerned about real estate being overheated, yeah, that'll cool it off. Yeah. Um, so let's assume, though, that the money's in the bank earning 0.0. He's paying 3%. Um, taking that cash and paying off the mortgage will be the investment equivalent of a 3% guaranteed return. Yeah. 
Not right? a bad no, thing. It's not. You can get a guaranteed three percent return on a fixed annuity right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's that it's out there. Um, but it, doing this accomplishes two goals: you get that guaranteed return and that cash flow cash improvement. Flow. Yeah. Cash flow. Cash flow is a beautiful thing. Now let me let me suggest. I'm gonna. This is kind of fun. This will be almost like a like a test. Oh boy. Take a deep breath. <gasps> So let's paint a slightly different scenario. Let's paint the scenario that says uh, they are both um, 70 years old, in good health, but their pension and social security is not really quite enough, and they have been drawing against their savings, total savings. I don't believe this. Well, no, I'm going to paint this scenario. This is their total savings. Okay. It's their house with the mortgage and their total savings. They're 70 years old and and they've been drawing against their their savings. Is there another strategy that would improve their cash flow without without uh cutting into their savings? Um maybe turning that into um, an annuity that would create a guaranteed income stream? That That is certainly a very good idea. It wasn't the one I was thinking of, but okay. that's a also, that is also a very good idea. Yes. Okay. Uh, reverse mortgage. Uh, there's where I was going. Um, explain how that okay. might work. So if they've been living in their home for, is it five years? What's what's the requir- is there there's an amount of time you have had to no no okay you ha- if you have enough equity in your home and you are over the age of is it sixty or sixty two sixty two for the heckum yeah okay you can use the equity in your home to basically cr- create uh, an income stream that or or pay the mortgage for you so now you're no longer using your savings to make your mortgage payment you're um, getting a government backed loan that uses the existing equity to pay off the remaining mortgage balance. Um, it's a great tool if your goal is to spend the rest of your life in your house and you don't have a high priority to leave your house to um, an heir who wants mm-hmm. to inherit the home and live there himself or herself. So it gives you the ability to stay put and pay off that mortgage without dipping into your savings, like Gene was saying. And um, you don't have to pay it back. When you when you die, if um, there's a balance on that loan, the bank sells the house and pays off the, the loan. And the rest of the money, any excess, would go to your beneficiaries. So it accomplishes a few different goals. Uh, certainly could, sure. Um, let's uh, again paint the scenario. We're filling in the blanks since the email was a little brief. Yeah. Uh, the house is worth three hundred. They owe one thirty. Let's say that the reverse mortgage uh, covers that rather nicely. Um, so their current mortgage payment goes away. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's yeah, pretty good. It is. And their two fifty stays right where it is. Right. That that could be pretty good. Yeah. Hmm. And you're absolutely right. If they have no real need or intention to leave the home to somebody specifically, um, they're in a very um, their their financial situation has changed very very little 
a lot of people are, are concerned that the reverse mortgage means that when they pass or when they leave their home, that they they give up their home. They give up the equity in their home. Not the case right now. If the home is worth three hundred and they have a hundred and thirty thousand dollar balance, they have given up a hundred and thirty thousand of equity already. And at their passing, for example, the bank would require that that be paid. That is exactly how a reverse mortgage works. Mm -hmm. It is first and foremost a mortgage. And if you understand how mortgages work, you have a very good understanding of a reverse mortgage with one exception. There are no required monthly payments. Right. You could make payments if you wish. But you don't have to. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a mortgage payment and you get a reverse mortgage, it creates cash flow. It gives you income. You can you can get money that you can then use for whatever you want. So that's another thing to keep in mind. If if you don't have a mortgage but you need money for something else, such as for a nurse to come to your house mm. and help you for a couple of hours, and that's expensive, a reverse mortgage can create uh, an income stream for you to use to pay that expense or something else. And it can also set up a line of credit that you can draw against only as you need it. So if, for example, your example is a very good one, you need some assistance, modest, a few hours a day, a few hours a week, uh, or you don't need that at all, but you certainly need somebody, ugh, cutting the lawns and shoveling the snow can be a real, oh, we got the cash flow to do that. Hey, the real estate taxes went up. Hey, the Biden uh, gasoline prices went up just a little or a ton. <laughs> and we're in a bit of a pickle because of inflation right now. That gives you those opportunities to draw against that money on an as needed basis. Uh, and of course, puts you in a position where, um, your uh, you don't have to anticipate you don't have to be able to psychically project <laughs> right. my needs i don't know what i might need mm -hmm. but i i would love to have the peace of mind of knowing that i'm not going to be high and dry if i do need i i have to wide i have to put in a ramp Right. To be able to get yeah. in and out of the house. I have, I have to, to remodel my bathroom so the shower is handicap accessible. Uh, exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. So fantastic. Very, very good indeed. 610-720-7900. We go back to the phones. We talk to Stephen. Stephen, good morning. Good morning, Gene. Good morning, Alyssa. Good morning. Thank you for doing what you do every week. It's wonderful. Oh, it's our pleasure. It's Thanks a for lot listening. Of information. Um, and I, I mean, a lot of good information. So thank you. Yeah, I have a question. Um, when society gets back to normal and we start doing possibly like Airbnbs, is there any reason, is there any conflict between having a reverse mortgage on your property and still doing like a, an Airbnb on some high demand weeks to pay for my dive trips to the islands? Yeah, the answer is it, it likely would uh, uh, invalidate your reverse mortgage. Uh, the reverse mortgage is intended to be personal residence only, and I think any uh, commercial um, endeavors that would operate out of the home as opposed to pure residence would put you into a difficult spot. So I personally wouldn't recommend that. Uh, I would certainly check with Tiffany Shuda mm -hmm. as our reverse mortgage expert, but in my opinion, that puts you in a tough spot. Stephen, thank I, I you so much. My apologies. Yeah, we're, we're, we're no, up against okay. the bricks. 
610-720-7900. We go to Kurt on line two. Kurt, good morning. We just have a couple moments in this. Yes, uh, uh, good, good morning. I have a quick question. Sure. Uh, I um, wonder what uh, a real estate investment trust is and uh, what they uh, would invest in. Like, is that uh, commercial, industrial, or, or uh, apartments? And if it would be a good uh, investment, you know, with the ongoing inflation and rising interest rates. Oh, these are good questions. Very, very good. Real Estate Investment Trust is a form of investment that brings together a lot of individuals combining their capital uh, to invest in one or multiple real estate projects. Um, It is uh, a REIT, R-E-I-T, is just simply the legal uh, terminology for the format um, it's very similar to a partnership, an LLC, a mutual fund, an ETF. It's called a REIT. The types of investments that they make are very diverse. They could be residential. They could be commercial. They could be shopping centers. They could be healthcare. They could be mortgages. There are REITs that invest in mortgages. So there are lots of different flavors of REITs. Uh, very important that you do your homework to make sure that whatever flavors you're selecting really do fit your personal approach. For example, there are REITs who invest only in healthcare units. I think that might be a pretty attractive place to be. Yeah, I never uh, heard that one. Yeah, yeah very, very interesting. Uh, uh, they, they come in lots, of, again, lots of different flavors. Uh, there are thousands of them to choose from. Many of which the uh, many of the REITs are traded on a daily basis, so they're very liquid. Some are limited, so you've you've also got to be looking into whether you've got easy access to your funds or not. That's an important question. But circling back to w- one of your questions, which was the inflation issue, right. uh, real estate tends to follow inflation. So yes, it, real estate can be a very valuable. Uh, asset in terms of rising, um, uh, rising values. However, real estate also suffers when interest rates rise. So if we can keep our interest rates relatively low while inflation rises, real estate becomes almost ideal. If interest rates rise, as we expect they will, particularly over the next couple of years, uh, it will reduce the number of people that are actively looking to buy. And as a result, a lot of the types of REITs that we just discussed will be hurt. Not necessarily all, but a lot of them will be. Sir, we appreciate your call very much. We're up against our top of the hour break. Thank you, Kurt. God bless you. Uh, 610-720-7900. We have Pete on hold. Pete, if you would hold through the top of the hour, that would be great. We're still looking for Mike to call back. That would be great. Mike, call on back. Make my day. Uh, 610-720-7900. Alyssa at askmtm.com. Morethanmoneyonline.com. After this on More Than Money. I'm giving
Welcome back to More Than Money. You've got Gene Dickinson. You have Alyssa Young, your co-host here, giving you the best we got. Yeah. And you got uh, 53 and a half minutes left in this edition of More Than Money. So you have your questions asked and answered. 610-720-7900. Alyssa at AskMTM.com. Gene at AskMTM.com. More Than Money Online.com. Let's go back to the phones and we talk to Pete. Pete, good morning. Good morning, Gene and Alyssa. How are you today? Great, thanks. How are you, Pete? Good. How can I heard we help you, you speaking. I heard you speaking about reverse mortgages a little while ago, and just had a. Uh, it's probably a two-part question. The first is, um, how do the interest rates on a reverse mortgage compare to conventional mortgages or a second mortgage? And then that that's part of it. The second part would be. Are they typically a fixed rate or a variable rate? And if they're variable, how do they calculate that since you might have a line of credit or something? Yeah, these are good uh, questions. A, yeah, three, the, a three-part question. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. And, and we'll give you what we got. And then if, if there's more, then just make sure that you, you let us know. We'll answer. We, we've gone as high as four and five questions on one call. We, we, we're, pretty, we're pretty relaxed. Um, the interest rates are relatively comparable. Uh, the interest rates generally are adjustable. That is true. Uh, they're calculated on, um, in, in years past, it would have been a, a nightmare, but now because of technology, it's a very easy thing to do. They're calculated on the outstanding balance. So if you have a line of credit, I'm picking numbers out of thin air of $100,000, and you have currently borrowed $7,000, then the interest that you will pay will be only on the $7,000. And interestingly enough, and it's one of the few situations I've ever run into where a line of credit automatically grows. So if you had a $100,000 line of credit and you borrowed seven. The ninety-three thousand that's still available to you will be larger next year, and I don't know if that's a variable growth rate or if it's a fixed growth rate. The last number I heard was five percent. So if you borrowed seven on a hundred thousand-dollar line of credit, you still had ninety-three. By the end of that year, that ninety-three would grow by not quite five thousand. So you'd be back up to ninety-eight. If you didn't borrow any more the year after, you're at 103. You actually have more left than you currently than you originally had. So the line of credit can be a very, very effective way, uh, not just to create peace of mind and create a cash flow should you need it, uh, but also to control the interest that would accrue and that would eventually be paid off. Okay. Now, using your same scenario. Uh, let's say you you borrow seven thousand out of your line of credit, and current interest rates are are five percent, and but you're not paying it back because it's it's out of a line of credit gets paid back after you've left the property, the property sold, what have you. Mm-hmm. Does that stay at five percent until and accrue monthly uh, interest until interest rates go up to say six percent, and then from then it stays at six percent? So this interest is constantly variable and accruing. Until at such time as the loan, loan gets paid back? I, I think you're describing it perfectly. Okay. So it's conceivable to take out a, a $7,000 draw at, at 5%, and by the time you've left the home, if uh, 
if our president is still in office, uh, <laughs> you may be paying it back at uh, 13% or whoever is paying it back uh, has accrued uh, interest on that 7000 which may change every time the, the, more, the underlying mortgage rate changes. Uh, it could be whatever it happens to be. I, I believe that is the case. I also believe that um, if, if you are um, interested, if, if this is something that would be a viable potential uh, choice of yours uh, to make sure that you are conversing with an expert like Tiffany Shutter, we're very blessed that she's our reverse mortgage partner because as much as Alyssa and I know, and we're very lucky, we know a fair amount, mm-hmm. um, there are constantly evolving reverse mortgage programs that have very different mechanisms. Uh, there are the ones that we generally talk about, the HECM, the uh, Home Equity Conversion Mortgage, is an FHA guaranteed program. There are private reverse mortgage programs that have very different uh, mechanisms. And um, I strongly suspect, I don't know for a fact, but I strongly suspect that there are reverse mortgages that have fixed rates. So I would be um, remiss if I didn't uh, caution everyone listening um, that Alyssa and I are giving you the very best we've got, but the very best we've got is not a fraction of the very best that Tiffany has to offer. And she is very kind. She sits with anyone who wants to learn about reverse mortgages uh, at no charge whatsoever, they come. Uh, she comes right to our office, mm-hmm. and we'll answer your questions until you have all the information you need to either say great for me or not so much. Well, thank you very much for your feedback, and you guys have a great day. Thanks. You too. God bless you. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. Really, really good questions. Yeah, um, and Tiffany would be a great resource. Again, yeah. hello, Tiffany. Radio time. <laughs> I, 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 there's uh, no one better. There's no one that knows more. That's for sure. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. We go back to the phones. We talk to Chuck. Chuck, good morning. Uh, good morning to you. Uh, we have a, a second home that our grandson lives in. Uh, if we wish to transfer ownership of the home to him. Is there a tax problem on our, our side or on his side? How does that work? Are we talking income tax issues? Uh, I, I, well, I, I, just in the, in the uh, process of, of transferring this home over. I, I don't know taxes of any type. Well, okay. there's not transfer taxes um, with, when it's to your son or grand. Well, actually, mm, I mm. knew it wouldn't be to a son. Do it's you know a, if there's transfer? It's a grandson. Yeah, uh, we're we're thinking out loud here. We know that if it's uh, between uh, direct generations, uh, there is no transfer tax. We're not a hundred percent sure if that follows to grandson. Let's assume for a second that it does. That there's not a transfer tax. Then the issue becomes uh, one of income taxes or gift taxes. And uh, give me a rough idea of the value of the home. Oh, probably uh, at least two hundred thousand, two hundred okay. and a quarter, that okay. type of a thing. Yeah, it's, no, it's a half of a double. And and is the home in your name? Your name with your wife? Who who owns it currently? Uh, currently, it's my name, and we did put the grandson's name on it also. Oh, okay. So in essence, he already owns half. 
Right, but that was just in the last year we, we've done. Yeah, so, okay. so yeah, so in essence, uh, what you would be gifting would be half of the value of the home. Uh, with uh, just a simple piece of paper, one additional form that you would file with your tax return, you would pay no tax, no income or gift tax. He would pay no income tax or gift tax. Yeah, a simple piece of paper, and you're kind of off the hook. Okay, well, that's what I wanted to find out. I appreciate your help. Oh, no worries. Thank you, Chuck. All right. Yeah, thank you, guys, very yeah. much. God Bye-bye. bless. Um, yeah, it's a pretty simple process, yeah. much easier than most people fear. Mm-hmm. They have heard, hey, if you give more than 16000 bucks in a year, this could be a real problem. It isn't. It isn't. If you're working with a professional tax preparer, um, you will likely find that it is literally a piece of cake. Uh, if you're doing it yourself, you will likely find it is very frustrating <gasps> because... <laughs> These things are not um, what you do on a day-by-day basis. And the tax code isn't simple, and it's not written in English. (laughs) No no corrections necessary there. Um, But it's only about 40,000 pages. So it's not a big deal. I mean, it's not like there's a lot that you need to know. Right. (sighs) Alyssa at AskMTM.com. I think you have a... I have an email. Someone used that email address to uh, reach us and said, Hey, Alyssa and Gene, too. I'm planning on starting a business and not sure whether to title it as an LLC or an LTD, as my father had, or any other type of business to file under. Does it matter in the long run? Or could that be changed if need be whenever I wanted to for tax purposes or whatever issue it could pose? Are there any pros and cons to all the different types? P.S. The baby says hello. (laughs) Thank you for your time. The baby says hello? Oh, my goodness. Wasn't that lovely? (laughs) That is fantastic. Hi, baby. (laughs) Um, There are definitely pros and cons. Um, One of the biggest issues will be cost. If you start a business as a sole proprietor and you intend to file Schedule C tax returns, the costs are almost non-existent. If you decide to incorporate and uh, have a corporate structure going forward, the legal and accounting costs are kind of on the high end. Mm. And then there's lots of stuff, LLCs, et cetera, in the middle. So if you are starting a business, I'll, I'll, I'll use a simple example, um, a handyman business. Okay. And you're going to go um, um, throw some tools in the, in the truck and you're going to go uh, to your client's homes. You're going to fix some faucets and some hang some curtain rods, do some painting, etc. A Schedule C sole proprietorship is probably going to be fine. Um, If you're concerned that there might be some, well, gosh, what if I have an accident? What if somebody gets hurt? There's going to be some liability. Then a LLC, limited liability company, might be a good idea. Um, The very best idea, uh, very best idea, is to make sure before you decide that you sit with a trusted, experienced attorney who knows exactly what he or she is talking about relative to business entities so that they can give you the pros and cons from a legal standpoint 
you should sit with a trusted, experienced accountant so that you know that your tax issues and your bookkeeping issues are done perfectly from day one. Mm -hmm. This is not something that you want to delay. So many folks start businesses. They don't want to spend a few hundred dollars on illegal fees. They don't want to spend a few hundred dollars on accounting fees. And in I, in my opinion, I could be wrong. I'm not. I could be wrong. He's not. I, I'm not. Um, <laughs> some might disagree. They'd be wrong. Um, if you're not in a position uh, when you're starting your business to spend a few hundred dollars on legal fees and a few hundred dollars on accounting fees, you probably shouldn't start your business. You're probably not ready. Fair point. You're probably not ready. So uh, that that's my counsel. And then once you've got those two under your belt, you uh, you hang out with a good financial advisor. Yeah. And uh, you get uh, counsel along the way. Yeah. So in addition to taxes, the, one of the other big things is your liability, protecting yourself in case and your of, family. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. We go back to the phones. We talk to Steve. Steve, good morning. Good morning. I have a question. Um, recently, I had my old four hundred one k. It's frozen right now since mm. I left the job, and I was wondering how can I reinvest that without having to add to it and have it in a tax shelter mm. until I retire. Mm -hmm. Um, Steve, you can do a what's called a rollover from your 401k into an IRA. And an IRA is something that you can open at any custodian. We <clears throat> typically use Charles Schwab, for example. And you would basically get a check written from your 401k plan administrator for the balance in your account and deposit it into the IRA where it can be invested any number of ways. And all of the same tax rules still apply. Um, 401k and an IRA work very much the, the same where your money's not taxed at all until you take it out. You pay income tax right. on your withdrawals. Um, you'll have required minimum distributions once you turn 72, and unless that changes with the new SECURE Act. Um, but anyway, um, those are that's an option that you would have where you could have someone help you manage it or you can manage it yourself. And you would be able to contribute to the IRA if you're still working um, you can contribute up to right now $6,000 a year, or if you're over 50, $7,000 a year, um, to make additional contributions if you wish. Yes. Yeah, see, I'm 60 years old and I was thinking of retiring at 65. Okay. And I was just, and I was just wondering with the IRA and the taxability, why would I have to go to 72? Is that the requirement? No, you don't have to go to 72. The, the requirement is that you must... If you haven't taken money out by the time you're 72, you have to start. But if you decide oh. at 65 you want to retire and you want to start drawing an income from the IRA that Alyssa just described, it is yeah. easy peasy. Yeah, I was just wondering, could I roll that over into an IRA at the bank? Oh, sure. Yep. You can go a bank, you can go through a financial advisor, you can go through a mutual fund group. You got lots of options, and yes, you absolutely can do that. And whichever one of those you choose, bank, financial advisor, whatever, they will likely, certainly in our case, but in, in I think every case, they will do all the paperwork. So the only thing you need to do is, is instruct them, uh, here's my 401k, I want to roll it over. They'll do the right. paperwork, you do the signatures, 
it'll happen in just a few days, you're on the right track. Yeah, I was just wondering because I'd like to take that that money and kind of like keep it where it's at instead of like losing money by cashing it in. Uh, you're going to have lots of investment options where you can do exactly what you're trying to do, protect the principal, make sure it doesn't go down, and yet still likely make over the next five years a decent rate of return. So, Steve, you're going to yeah. be just fine. If you have any questions or anything pops up, make sure you circle back to us. But you'll, you'll, you'll do just fine. Thank you for the call. Good okay, luck. thank you. Yeah, God bless you. 610-720-7900. Back to the phones. We talk to Doug. Doug, good morning. Morning, Gene. How are you? Good, sir. Uh, Gene, <laughs> given the uh, current circumstances with inflation and, and uh, the market uh, being on a roller coaster, uh, there seems to be an increasing talk about gold. And uh, while I appreciate that gold might be a, a modest part of your total portfolio sort of as insurance, I hear about putting gold in an IRA. And for the life of me, I cannot figure out what the possible rationale would be to put gold in an IRA. Uh, I was hoping maybe you could clarify that. Uh, sure. Uh, gold, silver, Real estate, stocks, bonds, alternative assets, uh, these all have a potential uh, usefulness within an IRA investment portfolio. The concept of asset allocation, some would say diversification, my mama would have said, don't put all your eggs in one basket, <laughs> is, is really very, very wise. It's, it's, sure. it's been proven over many, many years to be a very effective way uh, to invest and get, get more consistent rate of returns, not necessarily higher, but more consistent with lower volatility. So adding gold or any other asset, any other investment class, to an IRA is uh, typically done for the purpose of, um, again, consistent, lower uh, volatility uh, investment results. Inside a brokerage account, owning gold used to be very hard, very difficult, and in general, um, uh, uh, gosh, so, so difficult that that peop, normal people would not do it. Now it's we're talking physical gold, Dean. Yeah, uh, physical. Yes, okay. go, yeah, physical gold in an IRA now is so easy uh, that it's remarkable. There are exchange traded funds that buy and sell physical gold. Uh, they are not buying stocks in uh, gold companies or gold mining companies. They are buying the physical gold. They're uh, putting it in the vault on behalf of their clients, and they are very. They can be very uh, easily traded. Uh, the expenses are very low. The costs uh, are are typically, uh, in terms of buying and selling, typically zero, uh, and they're very liquid. So adding a bit 5% plus or minus of a portfolio into gold and or silver, silver, you can do exactly the same thing with an ETF, uh, can be a very reasonable thing to do if you believe that they will add value to your portfolio long term. So, but it, it's not really a physical gold bar or coins that you're talking about, a, a paper equivalent. Uh, that that varies with the value of gold in the marketplace. It is tied directly to the value of gold in the marketplace. Okay. Correct. Yeah. 
So I was wondering how in the world, when you, if you were to deposit actual physical gold into an IRA, one, where, you, where do you keep it? Two, how do you value it in terms of going in? And how does it affect RMDs when you want to take it out? Yeah, these are and, all... And that's, is, that's a black box, but a, a, a it actually it makes it much easier. Yeah, actually, Doug, it isn't a, a black box. It is a... Um, all IRAs require a custodian. All right. IRAs require that the IRS uh, has approved that custodian. Right. If they are an approved custodian, they will be able to track the value of the, a gold asset, whether it be physical asset or an ETF, literally moment by moment throughout the day. And they will be required by the IRS to report that. We have reported on air here uh, in recent weeks that there are companies that are offering to set up gold IRAs. That's their terminology. It's an incorrect mm -hmm. one, but that's their terminology. And it, you will buy their coins and they will send them to you. This right. this is illegal. This this is an IRS nightmare. That's this, what I thought. Yeah. yeah. This 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 is going to create all manner of heartache for the folks who are being duped by those companies. There are legitimate companies that act as custodians and will hold the physical coins or ingots uh, for you. Um, I, I have none of them would I recommend because I don't believe that's in the best interest of my clients or anyone okay. in my audience. Uh, but there are companies that will do it legitimately uh, or at, at the very least legally. Yeah. But there are sadly at least a handful of companies now offering to do it illegally. Okay. Well, that's the scenario that I envisioned and was scratching my head about. So. You clarified that very nicely. Thank you, sir. Thank you, my friend. God bless. You too. Take care. 610-720-7900. Do you want, you, want, you want that one? Do I want it? <laughs> Do you? Uh, too shy to talk on the radio. Their question is, what's my opinion of Disney stock? Um, I am uh, reluctant uh, across the board. Philosophically, I'm reluctant to endorse uh, any individual stock. Yeah. And, and Disney, in, particularly in light of recent events, is a very good example. Uh, Disney stock for decades would have been considered the bluest of the blue chip, the very best of the best. Um, how many young people got a share of Disney stock as a gift when they were born or baptized or mm -hmm. confirmed? And it was uh, uh, just considered to be almost, um, gosh, sacred. Uh, and now we find that Disney is doing some things that from a values standpoint, in my opinion, would cause me to simply ignore Disney going forward, not just from an investment standpoint, but from a patronage standpoint. I have no use in my life for Disney. That's almost irrelevant the value system that we use, the business model we use, says that investing in an individual stock carries such a significantly increased risk exposure that the advantage of that is largely lost to the risk. Since you are, um, uh, goodness, most of our clients are looking for, again, consistent lower volatility results, not exciting higher volatility results now we we have a fair number of clients 
a growing number in their 20s and 30s, some in their teens. Mm -hmm. Could they, should they be investing very aggressively and perhaps owning some Disney or Apple or Alphabet or whatever? The answer is sure, sure. But for the vast majority of the folks who are listening this morning, the vast majority, I get it, John, the vast majority um, owning individual stocks is not to your best benefit. And for the vast majority of you out there, from my standpoint, if you have the value systems that um, that I have, mm-hmm. Disney would, would fall off your list in a blink. In a blink. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you didn't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> Look at you over there. Hey, there's an electric fence over there. I'm going to stand way back here. Why is Gene right on top of that electric fence? He's like an inch away. Yeah, he's walked along that fence a couple times in the past. That's right. You're more familiar with the electric fence. I'm fairly certain I know where the insulators are (laughs) and that we're going to be just Mm -hmm. fine. Folks, we're coming up on our last break of the show. That gives you a chance to head down the hallway, take care of that, or (laughs) refill your coffee cup, or grab a pad and pen so that you are ready to take notes. 610-720-7900. 610-720-7900. Alyssa at AskMTM.com. A-L-Y-S-S-A at AskMTM.com. Gene at AskMTM.com. Gosh, there's a lot of ways to reach us. We'll take your emails, your questions after this on More Than Money. Welcome back to More Than Money. You've got Gene Dickinson. You've got Alyssa Young. We were just talking about the good old days where we used to do uh, Name That Tune. <laughs> that was fun. Um, yeah, it's crazy. And, and of course, to all of you out there, 610-720-7900, you've got 22 and a half minutes left to have your questions asked and answered. Alyssa at AskMTM.com. Gene at AskMTM.com. Of course, as soon as I announce the phone number. um we 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 um gosh i we may have set a record last half hour for phone calls all in a in a flurry in a flurry flurry of phone calls Mm -hmm. keep them coming folks indeed (laughs) indeed you got plenty of time 610-720-7900 and happy to answer your questions you have paper there i do um i have Actually, some notes that I took in a meeting with our life insurance specialist. So we've talked about how we have a reverse mortgage specialist and a Social Security and Medicare specialist. And one of the folks who comes in. Oh, we always talk about our state planning attorney specialist partner, Keith. Um, But one of the other um, specialists who comes into our office uh, offers life insurance audits and also 
explains long-term care insurance options. And uh, I sat through several meetings with him, with with our clients and prospects, and he does a really nice job of explaining the different forms of long-term care. And the last meeting I had with him, I don't remember what day this was, if it was on Monday or if it was last week, but he um, laid it out in a slightly different way. And I took notes and I thought, ah, this is probably something I could share in a, you know, a kind of abbreviated format. If people are curious about long-term care, I can give you just enough to, to get an overview And of course, we always encourage you, if you want to get into a more in-depth conversation about it, to talk with Mike directly. And you can do that just by contacting our office and making an appointment. He comes in once a month and offers a free one-hour meeting. So um, he was explaining that there are three different types of policies for long-term care that are available. And when we're talking about long-term care, we mean when you're older and you need some sort of support um, for your health, whether it be to go to a nursing home or an assisted living facility or even to have in-home care. So a traditional long-term care policy will pay out a daily benefit of a certain amount of money to cover those expenses. There is an annual premium that you pay for that insurance that will pay that benefit when you need it. That annual premium is not guaranteed. So the rate you have to pay can go up over time. Um, It's the best dollar-for-dollar leverage. You get the most money in in the form of a benefit um, for your premium in this type of policy. Uh, It's like your auto or home insurance where you – if you don't use it, you lose it. Hmm. You're paying for it in case you need it. If you don't need it, well, you paid for it anyway. Um, Let me see. There's Oh, there's a couple of – um, inflation riders that you you know you can get um, some different options like that that will um, that will um, increase the amount it will pay out over time, and I think I wrote down here for a a couple thousand dollars a year uh, you can get a modest daily benefit. Okay, mm-hmm. another type is a linked benefit long term care policy. In this one, for a limited time period. You pay a guaranteed premium. So, so for example, $5,000 a year for 10 years, and it will buy you a set amount of long-term care insurance, for example, $150,000. So your long-term care benefit is going to be three or four times um, the, the premium that you pay. And it could be um, – you could actually get an, an optional inflation rider uh, on that so that the amount would go up. But there's also another component of it, which is life insurance. So that's a death benefit. So if you pay that premium to buy your, say, $150,000 worth of long-term care insurance and you don't need long-term care, your beneficiaries will receive a death benefit for that money that you paid into it. And then the third kind is like life insurance with a long-term care rider. So it's similar to a universal life or a whole uh, permanent life insurance policy. And then the rider is a 2% or 4% drawdown on your death benefit. So, for example, if you buy life insurance with a $100,000 death benefit, 4% per month would pay your long-term care until it's gone. So you can eat up your death benefit if you need long-term care. If you don't need long-term care, that payment doesn't happen and you still have a death benefit. So there's different um, 
rules for these as far as um, if you need to go through underwriting and what they would cost and all that stuff. But it gives you options. So options are good. Um, and then, that, you know, that way you think I want to have something just in case, but I don't want to spend as much or I'm willing to spend more so that I also get an optional death benefit. It's pretty interesting. He does a good job of explaining it, and he can get you quotes and stuff. But I just thought that those were some good bullet points that maybe help would help people. Those are very, very good. Uh, we don't, sadly, talk nearly enough about long-term care options as we should. And I think Mike Pompey is one of the very best at explaining that uh, everyone needs a long-term care plan. Not everyone needs long-term care insurance. That's right. So the plan might include insurance. It might include an annual premium, just like the first option that you talked about. Right. It might include a linked benefit plan. It might include a single premium into a, a, a long-term care rider uh, life insurance policy. It might include none of those things. Right. Um, but the fact that those are uh, significant options is really, really important. Um, now, for somebody out there who heard your example of 5000 a year for 10 years, buys roughly $150,000, it's a pool mm-hmm. of, of benefits that they can draw on, they're going, wait a second, that's just a year. Well, that part is absolutely true. Yeah. But if you have paid the first $5,000 and you need those benefits, you get 150000 of benefits for 5000 bucks. You have automatically leveraged, in other words, saved your savings, 145000 bucks, And 5000 is an example. It's not right. a recommendation. Right. So you could certainly say, um, you know what? That's not enough for me. I would, how about if I put 10000 a year in for 10 years and I'll get 300000 Or adjust it. It's adjustable. Yes. And for many people... Uh, it can be a tremendous peace of mind. Uh, we talked uh, about an earlier email where the gentleman has $250,000 just sitting in earning nothing should he pay off his mortgage. That's one idea. Another idea might very well be I'll do one of these specialized either linked benefit plans or life insurance with uh, taking some of this money, earning me basically nothing. Mm-hmm. If he used the whole 250 and he got all the leverage, he'd have $750,000 of benefit. Pretty impressive. 610-720-7900. We go to the phones. We talk to Dave. Dave, good morning. Good morning. Um, I have $60,000 in credit card debt. What would be the best way to pay that off? Yeah, Dave, I'm, I'm going to share with you what I think is the very best step that you should take next Um, Dave Ramsey is a financial advisor, radio show host. Uh, He has written a number of books, and he has produced a program called Financial Peace University, uh, often sponsored uh, by churches. It's available as a self-study online. And Dave Ramsey's process, his system for handling debt, particularly credit card debt, um, being able to work out a system for paying it down, keeping the creditors off your back while you're doing it and getting yourself back on track is the best system I have ever seen 
far better than anything that we have in our office. So I would strongly encourage you to go on the Dave Ramsey website, look up Financial Peace University, and decide either to attend a class in person or do it online yourself. It's very inexpensive, and it will put you on the right track. Okay. Well, one other question while we're talking here. Uh, to get a loan for $60,000, what would be my best interest rate that I could get for that? Yeah, I have absolutely no idea because on a personal loan, they're going to look at your credit history and they're also going to look at your outstanding okay. debts. So you may end up sadly being in a, a much higher interest rate situation than other folks might be. Um, the only way to find out is to make phone calls to four or five lenders uh, have them uh, put a proposal together for you and, and uh, in essence, uh, uh, comparison shop. Yeah, I, I pretty much think this can be paid off within two years. Oh, that's fantastic. Without doing anything except paying as much down and using the snowball method, which I, we've done to pay off the ones that we owe the least amount on and the highest interest rates. Good. Yeah, you're on the right track. So um, you'd think my next step would be to contact some lenders and find out what their offers might be. Uh, that's that. My recommendation is your next step is to go on Dave Ramsey's website and, and get educated up. Uh, along the way, uh, uh, checking out the lenders makes perfect sense. But uh, don't skip the step of, uh, of getting the training that you need so that not only do you solve the problem, but you don't get back into the problem in the future. All right. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. 610-720-7900. We go to the phones. We talk to Ed. Ed, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Very well, sir. How may we serve you? Uh, uh, capital gains, first question. If I don't have a job and I have not had one for, say, two years, so my income is like nil, if I were to sell $100,000 worth of stock, how much would I taxed i guess well roughly i'm not looking for a penny if you're it depends not on how much of the stock you sell but how much of the how much capital gain there is so once your income including capital gains is uh about eighty thousand dollars then you start paying capital gains tax of 15 percent yeah i don't know what the bracket is for yeah. single no, he, he's married but he ain't gonna sell eighty thousand worth he'll sell i don't know 50, maybe. Okay, then no. you'll have no capital gains no tax. No capital gains. So, yeah. It, Any it, other taxes involved? No. Oh, there may be for the state of Pennsylvania. I'm not 100% oh, yeah. sure about that. Um, yeah, but, but federal, no. Okay. Uh, thank you. A second question. This is a real doozy. Uh, doozy. I called Social Security twice. Twice they've told me that your account doesn't exist. The bank account, I want to move my Social Security check from and I want to bring it up here to Pennsylvania. And they said, well, we're sorry, we can't find your bank account. Well, I tried to tell them that I've been using the bank account for 55 years. Now, the bank has been taken over mm. one, uh, at least once or twice. So maybe the account yeah. number and routing number have changed? No, no, I checked with the bank. Mm. The bank says, nope, same routing number. Yeah, shocking. Uh, the Social Security system not being as helpful <laughs> as we would hope. What? Uh, that, that, there's that's, no help desk, though. Oh, goodness, no. There's no help desk. Nope, they you're absolutely right. Two minutes on the phone, and that's it. They're on to something else. 
Uh, it is it is a shame. I, I have no great insight. Uh, our Social Security expert, Mark Basak, might have some insight. Uh, if you want to follow up, just give the office a call on Monday, and they'll connect you to Mark, and, and whatever assistance we can provide, we'll be glad to do that. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank I appreciate you. that. Yep. God luck, bless. Guys. Take care. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. We go back to the phones. We talk to Jim. Jim, good morning. Good morning, Gene. It's been nice. It's been a long time since I called you. I listened to Lisa talking about social uh, long term care. care policies, and my experience is, and I think I told you this once a long time ago. My wife and I both took out long-term care policies, and we paid on them, and then my wife died, and I kept paying on the policies. My agent called me up on the phone, and she said, did you get a letter from the company? I said, no. A week later, I got a letter from the company saying, here is the return of your... Premium? Yeah, premium. Here's the return of your premium, and from now on you will have to pay no more premiums for your long-term care for the rest of your life. The reason being, my agent put a clause in the policy, survivor benefits. Mm -hmm. I didn't know about that. I I looked at that policy a hundred times. I never saw that, that clause. It's an easy one to miss, but it actually ended up to your benefit. So that worked out very, very well. God bless you. That's great. Yeah, long-term care uh, has evolved. Um, 780 years ago when I started (laughs) as a financial advisor, the only type of long-term care that was available was called Medicaid, medical welfare. You went broke because you spent all your money and – Again, as a kid, the term county home was pretty prominent in everybody's language because we grew up in the country, not a lot of money. Folks ran out of money. They went to the county home, a form of medical welfare. Um, When long-term care began, uh, just as Alyssa described, just as Lisa described, um, (laughs) the only available long-term care uh, was on an annual premium basis. Just like homeowners insurance, if you got sick and needed care during that 12-month period, you got paid. And if you didn't, or as we say, didn't, didn't, D-I-N-T, <laughs> then um, you either re-upped another premium payment or not. Initially, those policies were very unusual. Most people had never even heard of long-term care. So in this case... They had a provision where uh, he was paying for husband and wife, and one of the riders that he paid for um, covered the death of one spouse meant that the remaining spouse has long-term care for life. Those riders are largely gone, and sadly, many of the original long-term care policies had um, what were called fixed premium Many of them had those, but the fixed premium also meant fixed benefits. And 780 years ago, a very good benefit, an incredibly good benefit, 100 bucks a day, 3000 a month. And 3000 a month now, it's, 
it's not nothing. No. But it's not going to do the job. No. So, uh, yes, they did not ever face a, a premium increase, but they never got any increases in benefits either. Most of the contracts that were issued have had premium increases, some as much as 60% in one year. Wow. So you start with a really good program when you're 65. You cover husband and wife. You're paying 5000 bucks a year. You know that's a lot, but you know it's a problem. It's a concern. So what you do is you pay, pay, pay. And at 75, they send you a letter saying your new premium is 8000 bucks. And now you got to make a choice. Yeah. Right about the time when you're likely going to need it. Yeah. They are tough. pricing you out of the market, which is why linked benefits and life insurance with riders have become very, very popular, very, very common because it's a midpoint. Uh, you've, you know exactly what you're going to pay, precisely what you're going to pay. Um, one of the original ones that Mike helped us with with a client, uh, one of our favorite clients, she's a hoot. Oh my gosh, she's wonderful. Um, she deposited just over $100,000 out of a CD paying basically nothing. Her pool of long-term care benefits was 450000 and her death benefit was 145000 So if she never needs it, her beneficiaries get 145000 bucks. If she does need it, she's uh, got, she gets $4.5 for every dollar she put in. And in the future, if she changes her mind, she gets her money back. Nice. How about that? Yeah. So you got you got some real control. Um, too shy to talk on the radio. Asking about new proposals for RMDs. Apparently, they were not with us for the first part of the show. Ah, okay. So someone called in and said they wanted to hear about the Secure Act 2.0 p- potential changes to mm-hmm. required minimum distributions. Uh, the changes that we are seeing is that over time, the starting age for RMDs will increase from 72 to 75. There are no RMDs proposed for anyone who has a, an account balance under 100000 bucks, And there is a reduction in the penalty. It's mm. currently a 50% penalty. It would be reduced to 25%. Oh, I didn't know that part. That's great. Uh Oh, geez. It was so obvious. <laughs> that is true. Uh, very, very true. Um, you're probably not familiar oh, with that gentleman, are I'm you? I'm not. Uh, you're, well, you're just a child. Just a child. <laughs> uh, let's see. We have no time whatsoever for calls, so I'm not going to announce that. If you have questions after the show... And you're saying, oh, my gosh, we, I, I have this question, and Gene just announced that they're not taking calls now. It, you're not out of luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, our emails work remarkably well. 24-7. 24-7. Um, and Alyssa's crazy enough. She actually answers emails 24-7. <laughs> you rarely sleep. You're a very strange girl. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> It, you you it, hired it, me. It might. Well, that's, a, that's an excellent point. Uh, I only hired you for Murphy. That's the only reason. Oh, how did you know? Because I knew it was coming. I, oh. knew it was, I knew everything. Maybe you hired me for Ruby. I hired you for Juliana. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Yes. He just, yeah, it's my daughter who won him over, not me. Bonded. I get it. Um, well, she is special. In all the right ways. In all the right ways. Um. <laughs> uh, 
24-7, Alyssa at AskMTM.com, A-L-Y-S-S-A at AskMTM.com, Gene, G-E-N-E at AskMTM.com. Um, those are available 24-7. Uh, from a technology standpoint, you can call the office 24-7. Because sure. all you have to do is leave a message. We'll get back to you uh, in short order. So that works really well, 610 And our website is incredibly useful on so many levels. I hear so many folks say, oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. I missed your show Tuesday night. No, you didn't. You didn't see it Tuesday night, but you didn't miss it because it's on our website. Hey, on our BRC TV um, show fans that are in the Northeast, Oh, geez, I missed the show last week and I heard it was really good. All you have to do is go to the website and they're there. And of course, podcasts of our radio shows are there as well. So for the hundreds of you, I'm very impressed, who uh, (laughs) uh, access our show uh, when you're out doing your morning walk or you're uh, exercising, uh, you grab that off the website and that gives you uh, access to absolutely everything. Uh, We'll post this show uh, Monday around noon. Um, mm. yeah, yeah, Megan can do that. She's got her laptop. Okay. We'll have her work. Oh, I don't know about noon. Yeah. Yeah. We we'll might, be this, traveling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah this yeah, week's yeah. show might come uh, online a little later, but yeah, it'll but, be there. But it'll be there. Yep. So bottom line is that uh, more than money online.com gives you access to tons of information, lots of ways to communicate, lots of ways to learn and access to, um, scheduling for, uh, so many of our partners. Mm-hmm. Now, you use Calendly as well, right? Yes, I do. That gives people the ability to make an appointment on my calendar without having to go back and forth. Oh, are you free this day? How mm. about this day? You can click a link and see when I'm free, and you look at your calendar, and you pick a time when you're free too, and you can set up that appointment uh, by, you know, online, and it'll send me an email, and it'll add you to my calendar. So all of us as advisors have that ability so you can uh, find um, the link for our Calendly tool in our email signatures if you've ever gotten an email from us or you can request it you can say hey can you send me your Calendly link I want to make an appointment works out really 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 efficient very I'm all about efficiency are you really I am just because you're a mom with two kids and a new puppy and a full-time job and a husband that's right other than have to be efficient and, and and you run on occasion once in a while Voice of an Angel says it's time to go. Um, thank you so much. We had so many great calls today, so many interesting questions. You folks are the best. You hmm. truly are. We are blessed to be able to serve you. And we're really excited because a week from today, we'll be back. A week from today, minus two hours, we'll be back in front of these microphones. So thanks for being part of More Than Money. We'll see you next time on More Than Money. Yeah. I'm giving